Coming up on Tech Thing, we're building a new PC. Three measuring tools we use all the time, a little Linux help, and quite a bit more. All coming up on Tech Thing. If you get something useful out of this episode of Tech Thing, please consider contributing to the show at patreon.com slash techthing. We're brought to you by viewers just like you. Thank you so much. I'm Shannon Morse. And I'm Patty Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we make technology behave. At least on the good days. And I'm so excited because we're finally building my computer. Yay! Yay! You have been insufferably chipper for the last couple days. I've been so, stoked about this. Cases come later. Yes. <laughs> we'll do that later. When we come from the sort of populate the... Uh, Careful, careful. Sorry, we come from the populate the motherboard before we put the motherboard inside case school. Yeah, kind of interesting because my dad had used to teach me to put the motherboard in first. Since I have small hands, it was easy, but I discovered that keeping the motherboard out was actually pretty cool too. I, I do not have small hands. <laughs> um, I got a couple extra things. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Arctic Silver has instructions. They do. For all the different generations of processors uh, yeah. for how to install it. So we're going to use the, the line, not dot, and I'm going to take advantage of this. Usually I would use a credit card, but I figured my Costco card is much safer to show on camera. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. Number. And for those of you who asked in pre-show, these are coffee filters, which if you don't have a super full zoot, um, you know, lint-free rag around are wonderful Very substitute. interesting. All I've ever done with my CPUs was make a squiggle and a squish. A squiggle and a, which works actually perfectly well. <laughs> and it works fine, yeah. As long, they always taught me no bubbles. No bubbles. Don't have any bubbles, so make a squiggle. Well, that's kind of the biggest problem with thermal compound usually is people put too much on. Yeah. Would you like to do this? I just realized I'm yeah. like assembling your computer. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but what's interesting uh, about that is uh, if you go to, let's see if I can find a tab for it. It's really funny. If you've never seen, no, 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 no. If you've never seen Hot Hardware Secrets, uh, their thermal compound roundup, it's really, really awesome. Um, they haven't done one in several years. Uh, but along with, you know, all of the, the usual brands you'd expect, you know, oh, here's Zalman, Cooler Master, Spire, uh, Arctic Silver. Um, so these are the deltas between the ambient temperature and the temperature of the processor. And the idea is the lower this number is, the better the uh, heat sink, the, the thermal compound works. Right. And it's really funny. So this is, you know, Arctic Silver 5, which I've been using for years. And it's really funny because they also did things like, oh, mustard. <laughs> which apparently works better than Zero Therm, Rosewill, Lipstick, Toothpaste, Spray Oil, Butter. Which actually doesn't work that bad. Ooh, chocolate, <laughs> yikes. Toothpaste uh, is, well, no thermal compound was like a 62 degree delta. Mm -hmm. uh, lipstick, toothpaste, or spray oil was a 40 degree delta. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, mayonnaise was a 35 degree delta. Oh, so, not bad. Well, it's kind of funny because at one point people were chasing like, oh, I have to have this like $92 an ounce thermal compound. You don't. Um, I just want to say that really quickly. Mostly what you need to do is apply it properly. Yeah, so, I agree. I just wanted to bring that up. because Okay. No end. Actually, I'm going to put my hair in a ponytail so it doesn't get in my way. <laughs> you, you don't have that problem. <laughs> no. no, I haven't had enough hair to put in the ponytail in, in, uh, in a long time. I could do <laughs> one of those really awesome David Crosby ponytails, you know, like I lived in Marin County and <laughs> was perpetually uh, under the influence of something. Grab that plastic. Grab the plastic. Thank you. Here, okay. put a processor. Oh, no, no, no. So this is the i5 4690K from Intel. All right, and which way does it the go triangle. on? Yes, the triangle. There's the triangle. And looks like the triangle's oh, that way. That. <laughs> There's also a notch. Where? So Can you see it? That's the notch. Oh, there That's it is. Okay. 
notch. Notch. Okay. So we got that sat in. Now you just flip the cover over. Dun, dun, dun. So much harder to kill chips now that they don't have lots and lots of pins. I know. Now you just flip the thingy. And then Shannon ripped all the pieces off the motherboard. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to stop talking while we're doing this so you can do the fast forward. Okay. And then we need the thermal paste. And that is in here. So we're just using the thermal paste that came with my... Uh, hyper cooler Evo Cooler Master cooler. Yeah, I mean, in yeah. reference to the hot hardware secrets article where mayonnaise is one of the most effective ones on the list, it <laughs> seems kind of ridiculous to spend a lot of money on it. Okay, so I'm going to let you do this because I've never done it your way. Okay, well, there's two stages to it. One, there you go. And this is probably excessive. So notice how they have like the thing. Don't touch this with your fingers. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Lint-free, oil-free rag. And it's kind of funny, yeah. you can feel it. It's, it's, you know, it's been smoothed out, but it's still fairly rough. So what we want to do here with our thermal compound. Oh, you're putting it on there. Interesting. Yeah, we're going to put it on both sides. Okay. Well, let me see how much of this I can drag over the room. I see. And then you just flatten it out a little bit with the mm -hmm. card. Yeah, what you basically want is to just get it into all... All little crevices. Yeah. Yeah. You might find out this should be fairly level because they obviously spent some time at the factory grinding this thing down. Yeah. But what we're going to do is we're going to wipe off pretty much all of it with that coffee filter and just leave it in the super low spots. Interesting. Uh, I expect to get a lot of email, askatechthing.com, with people arguing about the proper way to do this because everybody has a preferred <laughs> version of this. There are many preferred versions. Well, it's interesting, like, see, you can still see some of the, mm -hmm. the, the, the trick is basically you don't want too much, but this is, the idea is that this is going to fill some of the gaps, and I don't know if we can get it under there. And it's probably a bit much to ask internet video to show this, but you can see where it's kind of smooshed into some of the gaps yeah. in the copper there where it was ground down. Get some so, on this side. Yeah. Ew, got it on my fingers. <laughs> I'm going to put a very small amount okay. in here. So you do a straight line. Yeah, I mean, okay. the truth is I think a dot or a straight line or a swiggle will work. Yeah. Um, the Arctic Silver people would probably be horrified by the width of the amount of thermal compound I put down in there, but we're going to use the heat sink to smoosh it down, to use highly technical terms. To smoosh it. Smoosh it. And you're setting up the uh, thing. There's a technical word for that that I can never remember. <laughs> um, the 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 bracer the holder sit, downer thingy. The cedar. <laughs> it's the couch. It's the couch for the cooler. So I'm going to move these nails into the center notch so that they fit correctly into the correct socket. This is so fun. Okay, so we put everything that we pretty much can onto mm -hmm. the motherboard for now. So now we're going to start sticking everything into the case.
welcome back. Got All right, so yes, I do. You know Hardware's in, or the hard drive's in at the very bottom one, right. so it stays out of the way of everything else. Uh, what do you think we should do with the solid state drive? I think we should have ordered a uh, two and a half inch to three and a half inch drive bay adapter, which we don't have. So we're going to use one of my favorite tools. Oh, well, we'll give you a choice. <laughs> we have uh, zip ties. Ah, good choice. <laughs> and we have the ability to temporarily affix it in place. <laughs> Until we tape. actually get a bay for it. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. I uh, I have one that's been temporarily attached with uh, duct tape, well, gaffer's tape, which is like super duct tape uh, in my gaming machine for four and a half years. Really? Three and a half years, two and a half years. <laughs> I would prefer years. a bay, so we'll just okay. order one eventually. And the blue tape is easy to remove. I guess we could just stick it like here. Works for me. <laughs> So we'll we'll just put it right there. <laughs> a whole bunch of people in the audience right now that are weeping with frustration. They're like, no! Or should I put it upside down for the plastic? Here. Well, it'll it'll look nicer with that side up. With the with the brand name on the top. There. <laughs> that's our that's our hack. <laughs> oh man, it's so beautiful. All right, cool. So pretty much all the major parts are in. We just have to do some cabling now. Oh goodness. Mm -hmm. I pull off the back of the case so that you would be able to route cables through Wonderful. the back of the front. Uh, I gotta that say. That is my bag of PSU power supply cases. This is your bag. Cables. There are many like it, but this one is yours. Without <laughs> you, your bag is nothing. Without <laughs> your bag, you are nothing. Um, <laughs> whoa. Here, I still. Oh, the smell? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, You're gonna be dropping ours all day that's the electronic smell. Whew. Yeah. You should have smelled the power supply when it first came out. Awesome. Mm. All right, we're good with that. You're should I go ahead and flip this over then? Hey, Are we ready? Yeah. Plug this into the motherboard real quick. Okay. And any additional motherboard connectors. Oh, man, I hate this part. Give a shout out to Cisco who taught me what little I remember about routing cables. Yay! I haven't learned where it is yet. Oh, we have light now. We have fan, not that fan. Oh, we have a beep. That's generally a good thing. Uh, yeah! I see you. Yay! It boots! High five, dude. It's a good feeling. Thank you for your help no with finding all those cable plugs and, and your cable management. It's very nice. Uh, everything I, I mean, know, well, I owe Cisco. Uh, we'll <laughs> have to pull the back off and reroute this cable behind yeah. it. That was, it, it, our first attempt to boot was a massive fail. <laughs> Uh, it happens. And, well, yeah, and, and I gotta say, after like 20 years of doing this, my immediate reaction anytime a machine doesn't boot the first time is panic. Oh. <laughs> well, I've I've built uh, five machines now in my lifetime, or six, and I've had two, this one and one other not boot the right. first time. But once we plugged so, in the good. last missing power connector. There you go. Yay! That, Everything runs, that, LEDs that are on. Again? Yeah, that it, looks, bios again. it looks good. Yeah, the BIOS. The BIOS. Oh. Oh, I'm so excited. I should say the Ugh, Yuffie. Yuffie's awesome. Ugh. All right, so <laughs> we're going to clear the table. Mm -hmm. and uh, Actually, we're going to clear the table while we find out what's going on on Hack 5 this week from Darren. 
We have an epic show on Hack 5 this week. I'm doing what's called 3D photogrammetry, where we create 3D models out of photographs from aerial photography of drones on boats with lighthouses, and it gets crazy. Also, Shannon's reporting from Maker Faire, doing some Internet of Things, cloud services, and solderless PCBs. All that and more this week on Hack 5. Now that we're all done with building all the computers, yes. it's time for the rapid fire roundup. And Patrick is checking out his favorite digital measuring tools. This is like my three favorite digital measuring tools. I use them all the time. Hmm. But can I tell you all about them in three minutes? <laughs> I, I hope you can. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. Go. Okay, <laughs> this is my long-suffering Radio Shack sound level meter. It measures sound pressure levels in decibels. It's useful for setting up home theaters, figuring out if your stereo is going to permanently damage your hearing, how loud your truck is, or your neighbor's party. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> a decent one. Uh, they start at like 20 bucks on Amazon. Wow. Now, if you want to figure out how your new fans in your, your, you know, are those new fans in Shannon's PC really 12 decibels? Yeah. You need an anechoic chamber, I can't say anechoic chamber, and a very, very expensive meter. And by the way, learn yeah. the difference between A and C weighted noise measurements before you start quoting your measurements on your sound pressure level or decibel meter. Number two. This is from P3 International. This is a kilowatt. Uh, how uh, much? yes. Yeah, really. So how much electricity is something using? Is it sucking down watts when you're not using it? Like a vampire. Like a vampire. <laughs> if it runs on 115 volts and uses 15 amps or less of electricity, which is pretty much everything in your home that's not like your stove or your dryer, uh, plug it into a P3 kilowatt, these are 18 bucks on Amazon, and you'll find out kilowatts per hour, volts, line frequency, a whole bunch of other information. It's real time, so you kind of have to check it manually to figure out peaks, etc. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, P3 International has a bunch of new uh, oh, the wow. watts, the kilowatts, um, that I want to check out to see what else, because it looks like they've got some pretty cool tracking yeah. now going on with that. Cool. Um, okay. Robert Heron uses these to validate the amount of energy that's being used by home theater, tele or home theaters, by uh, HDTVs. Yeah. Um, these are really, really useful. How much power is that new gaming C slurping I'm, down? I'm curious now. <laughs> How much is it slurping? I might have to borrow that. Well, it's, it's crazy when you look at the idle versus when you're running a game at full oh, tilt. Oh, for sure. It's kind of crazy, the power difference. All right, number three. Okay, infrared thermometers. Um, there are a dozen, a few dozen companies selling infrared or non-contact thermometers. You point it at the thing you want to measure, say the catalytic converter on your car. Is it working the ceiling of your house? Did the insulation reduce inside temps on a 90 degree day? You pull the trigger and you get a fairly accurate temperature. I own two both of which the children have hidden. <laughs> uh, fortunately, my first one costs like 100 bucks, my second one costs like 20 bucks. You can pick one up for well under 20 bucks on Amazon.com. Um, you know, Newbie, E-Tech City, Newbie, they all, a lot of these seem to be sort of rebranded versions of the same thing. Oh yeah. Uh, I've found the $15 versions are strikingly close in accuracy to the 60 to $120 versions. My testing has not been exhaustive, but when ice and a grill are the same temperature. That's pretty much a 400 oh. to negative, you know, to, it's, it's, I'm surprised how it's, it's cheap. Yeah. This one's kind of <laughs> weird. This is a Black & Decker TLD100 thermal leak detector. Uh, it shines a blue or a red light when a temperature changes above or below the threshold you pick. So, you know, it's like one degree, five degree, 10 degrees. And as the light shifts, it tells you that there's a thermal leak in your house. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty like, it's, it's kind of goofy crazy pants, but it actually works. Yeah, might save you some money in the long run. Well, <laughs> there's been so much ceiling and insulating on my house, <laughs> and now we don't freeze, even with the heater on. These are awesome. I don't own any of these, and I'm thinking I might need to borrow some from my household. We can make that happen. Mm -hmm. We can make that happen. Of course, if you guys have any favorite measuring tools that you want to share, you can email those over to ask at techthing.com. We'll be watching.
It's time for our HostGator Disruptive Tech of the Week, and I'm going to make this one very personal, better business tools, which sounds impossibly boring, and in some ways products like FreshBooks. Have you used FreshBooks? FreshBooks is amazing. Uh, it's what I started using uh, for billing a couple months ago. Another personal favorite tool I use constantly at work is LastPass. It's our password manager of choice. A friend of mine's life completely changed. She's in real estate when she started using DocuSign for doc management. And to-do lists like, oh, I don't know, Wonderlist or to-do list or todoist, I should say, .com. You know, they sound really, really boring in that once you set them up, you probably don't think about them other than that initial, like, wow, this just works, mm -hmm. and my life is easier. In the case of FreshBooks, it's taken one of my least favorite activities, doing the paperwork I need to get paid, and made it take what feels like seconds online. It is simple, it is fast, it is easy. I work on a bunch of websites with Shannon and Darren and Michael Hand and Robert Heron. Without LastPass, the process of managing all those website and email passwords and server logins, and ah, oh, the list could go on for a while. Even before getting to the 30-odd sites I regularly hit in my personal <laughs> life that require passwords, many of which need secure passwords, a password manager is such a no-brainer. Seriously, I am the worst at migrating to new tools. I do it at a glacial pace because all too often the new shiny isn't that much better than the old busted and is considerably less vetted in the real world. And frankly, while I still suspect that a yellow legal pad is the best to-do list tool ever, it's really nice to have access to all my lists or passwords or files or billing tools or creative tools across all my desktops and laptops and mobile devices. So while I mock the cloud, or what I like to call servers on the internet, <laughs> Uh, they can make your business life so much easier. So, hey, take a minute this week and try out a new app or service online. See if it makes your business day easier than what you're using now. And if you're getting your business on, you're starting something new and exciting in your life and you need a new website, do us a favor. Try our sponsor, HostGator.com, for the domain and the website hosting. They're our sponsor and they love you so much. If you use the coupon code TECHTHING when you check out, you'll get 30% off any new hosting package. It's a great deal for you and you'll help support the show. That's awesome. I think I use every single one of those <laughs> programs that you mentioned. And you're right, it's because they just work. I like things <laughs> that work. Trello is another amazing tool. Yep. We could go on for days. But we can't go on because we have an email <laughs> question, ask at techthing.com. Jules posted on techthing.com, episode 20, could you help me with a dual networking question? I have a Ubuntu Linux server and I have two NIC cards going to two different routers with two different subnets for various things. I like to separate traffic, but yet want to have routes to each of the devices. How can I ensure that my surfing and torrent traffic for my Linux server specifically only route through the one subnet for outside internet traffic, even though both routers actually allow internet traffic? Thanks again, Jules from Dallas, Texas. Ooh, that's confusing. <laughs> it's kind of cool, right? So the idea is like, I have multiple NICs, I have multiple connections, right. but I want all of these packets to go through that NIC. And I'm like, Darren! <laughs> so Hack5 Darren hooked us up with the answer to this question. Um, this is uh, cybercity.biz, it's the NICsCraft column. You need to use the route command to set up the IP routing table. Uh, Vivek writes in Nix, the, the NICsCraft article, a Linux setup default gateway with root command. That's the name of the article, and it's also pretty much everything you need to know. Vivek writes, the root command's primary use is to set up static routes to specific hosts or networks via an interface after it has been configured with the ifconfig program, not ipconfig. <laughs> when the and or del options are used, root modifies the routing tables, which is exactly oh. what you want. So. Now um, that I know the answer, it actually sounds kind of easy. <laughs> well, it's pretty slick. If you scroll down to the bottom of that article, you'll see add or set up a new route. 
uh, root add default GW IP address interface name uh, interface name if I could actually read reading is hard oh, that's cool yeah and you can actually manually apply the different routes so awesome I love having Linux gurus in the office I love Linux especially <laughs> when there are Linux gurus in the office so hopefully Jules this article, which is linked to in our show notes, which are at the bottom of the YouTube page or at techthing.com on episode 21 at the bottom of the page. That's where we keep the show notes. We'll help you out. We would love it if you contributed to TechThing at patreon.com slash techthing. You can donate however much you want per episode and every little bit counts. But if you can't afford to donate, no worries. There are a ton of ways you can support the show and help keep it coming week in and week out. First up, tell your friends and coworkers about us online or in MeetSpace. Second, send us a question or a tip. We love your tips. Ask at techthing.com is a good place to send them. Make sure you're subscribed on techthing.com, on iTunes or youtube.com slash techthing. And if you're looking for hosting, do us a favor. Check out hostgator.com, our sponsor, and use the code techthing for a fat discount so they know that we sent you. Please like us on facebook.com TechThing, give our videos a thumbs up on YouTube. And if you're on iTunes, if you could take a minute to review the show, that helps us out in a big way. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Literally, we cannot do it without you. Thank you so much. Parts questions. Last week, Shannon asked the internet if you had questions about the PC she was building. And she has answers. So a lot of these have to do with mine in particular, but of course, if you guys are looking to build a gaming PC, <laughs> you can always use these as well. I got all of these from my Twitter account and facebook.com slash tech thing. So you want to read the questions? The ever so awesome at John Strickland asks, I'd love to hear your reasons for choosing these parts in particular. What factors were important in your decisions? Mm, so my factors were gaming, sound, and price. So one gaming, mm -hmm. of course, I got a game. Two is sound <laughs> because I do a lot of podcasting, so it's got to be quiet in price. It had to fit within my budget of $1,500. Mm -hmm. uh, taxes made it almost $1,500. I got almost. a really good deal on the CPU, so I'm glad I went with that. Yay, deals. At Yay. Simon Zarafa said, there might be a version of that motherboard with the USB 3.1 included for not much more. Oh, you're right. There <laughs> is. It's about 30 bucks more. 3.0, though, I feel like will be fine for my current peripherals. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll miss out on 3.1's 10 gigabits per second Once speed. Find something Once something will actually for. run that. Yeah, but <laughs> it's backwards compatible too, so eventually I'll upgrade when I actually need it. At Mr. Glass asks, is there anything you look for in a case other than appearance? <laughs> LEDs and lots of them. <laughs> Front side ports for USB, uh, mic and webcam, mm -hmm. easy installation and cable organization, and size. Gotta fit the video card. You will not look at a case unless, not only the ports have to be front side and all the way at the top. Yes. Yes. They really do, because um, I, I don't like keeping my webcam plugged in and other things like that, so I always unplug them after, after I use them for mm -hmm. podcasting. So it's nice to have those front ports. And same thing with power. I mean, I like having a front power button, front even power though that's button. pretty common. <laughs> Not all. I, I had one that had to open the case door to hit the power button. Oh, yeah, I, I used to have one of those, too. At <laughs> SEP332 said, $200 seems like a lot for a second hard drive. You have an SSD for fast stuff, so how about a slower, cheaper secondary? That's a good point. So this hard disk drive is kind of an experiment for me based on Patrick's recommendation. He, <laughs> he got really excited when we saw the four terabyte hard drive online. Of course, reminder, you can see all of my PC parts over on PC Part Picker. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Uh, but yeah, that's basically the only reason is because it was all one of your of recommendations. Well, I was, I was <laughs> excited about four terabyte drives and you won't have to buy an extra expansion drive for that's years. That's true, that's true. Jimmy Hoffa, 
Apparently So this not. one's on Facebook, actually. It's not on my Twitter account. <laughs> great list. I was wondering if you would go for a bigger SSD so you could run a few of your main games off of that. It can help in some games' load times, but it's always a trade-off, Smile Emoticon. This is a great solid build. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so my hard drive choice is fast, so load time shouldn't be a huge issue for me. The solid-state disk will be plenty of room for my operating was system. Was it 256? Uh, it's, yeah, it's a 250, 256. Okay. Um, and then the... The hard disk drive is like 7,200 RPMs or right. something. It's it's up there. <laughs> so yeah, it's plenty of room yeah. for my operating system on my solid state drive, which is my main concern. Mm -hmm. And then maybe and I'll install apps. one or two games on there. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll have problems with booting up my games very quickly. Worst case scenario, you hate the four terabyte drive, make me buy it, you spend the money yeah. on buying a bigger SSD. There we go. <laughs> At Roboto2031 asks, is this a Windows-based system and do flame stickers make it go faster? Ah, yes, that's a great question on Twitter. So yes, it is a Windows-based system. I'm gonna start with Windows 7, upgrade to 10 when it's available publicly mm -hmm. out of the developer version because that I don't want it to break things. That's technical preview. <laughs> Technical preview, whatever. And flame stickers do make things go faster. Nice. So I will put plenty of flame stickers on my case. Ad Adam Vorlon asks the question, gamer, is what games? Yes! So Witcher 3, the mm. new one. Also playing a lot of Borderlands games, Skyrim, and uh, Batman Arkham Knight, which I think comes out next month. But yeah, those, those are going to be my games, uh, games of choice for now. Games of choice. Sounds like a terrible, terrible show on HBO on Sunday nights. Adpick David asks, do you have any old PC parts to reuse to cut down on cost? Is performance over silence a priority? I do, yeah. So um, I think that I might donate my old computer to one of my family members that might oh, that's need actually it. that's really cool. Or I might upgrade it to a home theater PC. But or I have two, server. I have three computers that are just sitting in my garage now. So I need to do something with them. <laughs> I could upgrade to a server. That would be fun. Um, speed versus quietness. That's a really good question. So I would say both. <laughs> both are really equal? important to me. You yeah. want all the performance, just make it quiet. Yeah, we can do they're, they're both equal for me. Equal. <laughs> a good question. Um, so personally, I'd probably do SLI. Mm -hmm. Um, so two two GPUs basically right. is what that means. Uh, the it kind of varies from PC to PC, yeah. but generally overclocking won't give you as much value as a second SLI will. But at the same time, overclocking is free, right. while SLI or Crossfire, you're going to have to buy a second video card. You can, in many cases, pretty much double your, your GPU performance by adding a second card, yeah. but you spend twice as much, yep. which is $350, $250, $600. Um, you get an incremental. Overclocking is like a free... It's a gimme. Yeah. Like, you know, 10% performance, 8% performance, 15% exactly. performance. And you can also overclock after you do SLI too to gain you even more performance. But at that point, it's like, how much performance can you actually get? Just buy four cards. Four the most expensive ones cool. available. <laughs> yes. Don't do that. And then in two <laughs> years, you'll be able to buy the same amount of performance out of one card for a fifth the price or maybe a tenth the price. Uh, at Bishan asks, are you planning on overclocking? No. Not unless it's necessary, but I don't think it will be. At CD Belcher asks, is 16 gigs needed? I've got 16 and rarely use even half that. Thinking of building a new rig too, was only going to uh, use eight gigabytes. Hmm. Was only going to use eight. Sorry, I, I, I 
I put the gigabytes in there. That's okay. It works. <laughs> so I would say go with 16 gigs if you're going to be gaming or doing video processing, stuff like that on it. But 8 gigs is still totally fine and normal for day-to-day -day use. That's what I use in my laptop currently, and it's just fine. Um, but yeah, high intens intensity graphics, go with 16 gigs. Yeah, or video editing or yeah. video encoding. At plan user asks, what time of thermal paste did you select for your Cooler Master Hyper 212 Evo? <laughs> Mustard. Just kidding. <laughs> we just used whatever came in the Hypercooler Evo box. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much. I know some people will disagree, but that's how I feel. As a recovering <laughs> thermal paste geek, I got to say it was it was the the uh, the hot hardware secrets that made me yeah. realize that I was spending too much time chasing something that was really only going to minimally influence the quality of my cooler. <laughs> On Facebook, Jeremy writes, looks like a great build, Shannon. Just wondering why you're not waiting to see if Intel will release the unlocked Broadwell i5 in a couple weeks. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not waiting because I probably won't be able to afford it. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> we don't really have price points yet, but the i5 and the i7 unlocked CPUs will be out in June, as they've been told through Japanese articles on the internets. <laughs> so I'm assuming that the price points on those will be several hundred bucks, and I was able to get my CPU for under two. So I'm perfectly happy with my i5. And in another year or two, who knows? Where yeah, go. in another year or two, I could always upgrade. And lastly on Facebook, Thomas said, go with a processor with more cores. Lots of games are using six now. So if you're future-proofing, go with eight. You know, if this was a video or a 3D rendering beast, I'd think about eight cores, but four cores is more than enough for almost any game, for sure. Yeah. Battlefield 4 can scale beyond four cores, but it's GPU limited, and I'm not ready to spend my whole run check on more GPU power. So Yeah, there's a really good article up on Rock, Paper, Shotgun, uh, why you don't need more than four CPU cores. Hmm. Uh, if you want to know why four cores will probably be the sweet spot for gamers for a long time, read it. Hint, DX12 benchmarks, apparently... Uh. Flatline after four cores, Tom's uh, hardware found out. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Intel's new eight core CPUs, those are crazy expensive. They're like a thousand bucks. So, eh. Thomas's name is enthusiast, so he was, I think, sort of winning. Yeah, the that's AMD right. Flag. So, AMD's totally awesome, but I, I'm an Intel girl, so I'm going to stick with Intel for at least a few more years. Plus, Intel gives you a more powerful processor if you spend the money. Just saying, <laughs> not looking at the graphics side of things, but the pure CPU side of things with a discrete GPU. Thank you. Thank you to all of you guys who sent me questions over at twitter.com slash snubs and slash tech thing and facebook.com slash tech thing. Really appreciated your questions, and it made me think a lot about the hardware that I ch chose and why I chose it. I think have we're a nice done here. machine. I do. I'm so excited. You get to load the operating system on it tonight. You're not going to see me for days. <laughs> I'm just going to be playing video games. Little squealy Although, video game Although, I, I have to mention, though, sometimes if you're not building machines, you need to like put away all of your hard drives, put away your PC, step away from the gaming rig, close the laptop, do something analog. Like, you know what? Have a garage sale and get rid of all that stuff, all that hardware that you don't use anymore. You know what I did this weekend? I had a garage sale. Well, I didn't. My friend did, and I just lugged all my stuff over there. And then we donated part of our the percentage that we got from people to the local theater. And it was totally awesome. It was for a good cause, and it made me feel good. I was like, yay, I got rid of stuff in my garage. Woo! Less clutter, more, more gaming rigs. More gaming rigs. In Forget about the community. It's all about the community. <laughs> I'm Better Norton. I'm Shannon Morse. We'll see you next week on Tech Thing. Woo!
Oh my goodness, thank you for your patience, everyone. You guys are so hot! So hot! Look at all these hot people. Hot people! All the hot. Where are you taking that monitor? You need it? No. At one point, I bought like eight of these. <laughs> he doesn't know what's happening. Hey, dude. Huh? How's it going? <laughs>